All right. Hello, fellow humans. This is Bob Ray, and welcome to another episode of Love Like a River, where we examine the statements and expressions of the God of the Old and New Testaments with the goal of discovering the practical applications of those words for our lives today. Our topic today is faith, more specifically, biblical faith. What is it? In this podcast, I'll not be presenting an exhaustive definition of faith. There are many great resources out there that go into tremendous depth on this topic. All you have to do is Google faith. Uh, go to some of the great teachers on uh, just biblical teachers, John MacArthur, Alistair Begg. Uh, there's so many out there. But we're not going to do the exhaustive. What we're going to do today, I'm aiming for a practical definition, just a simple version, something you could slip in your pocket and take with you every day, a simple version of what biblical faith is. And regarding this topic, I believe that the following statement applies. So if you were to ask 100 people out on the street, their definition of faith, I believe you get near 100 different answers. Uh, it seems that today everyone has an opinion and not many of them agree. So here's a sampling of some of the ones I've heard. Faith is belief in whatever you want it to be. That's your faith, your truth, your faith. Faith is the freedom to believe or not believe in anything. I believe in not believing in anything. <laughs> That one made me laugh. <laughs> I believe in not believing in anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, faith is not scientific. I believe in science. Okay. See how far that gets you. That's a whole different topic. Another episode, another podcast will go into the limitations of science and how faith is actually greater than science. Faith is for ignorant people. <laughs> There's like, that's a common one. I'll just end the argument by saying you're an idiot. Faith is for ignorant people, and you're one of them. <laughs> Love that one, too. That's like the person who just wants to cut to the chase in the argument. Faith is for ignorant people. Oh, yeah? Well, you applied some faith driving down the road the other day. You applied faith in everything that you learn. You apply faith to the teachers that you listen to. Faith is a ingredient of everybody's life. But in the case of wanting to end the argument, I understand why you would say faith is for ignorant people. Also, you hear uh, faith is a force that I control. There's actually a lot of people in the Christian community that have used this one over the years that they talk about faith as a force. You know, and why I don't like this teaching, this heresy, is it's often been applied to people saying, well, that didn't happen for you because you didn't have enough faith. You didn't, you didn't work up enough force. You didn't work up enough of the, the faith porridge. It's your fault. It's your fault. Didn't have enough faith. That's an abomination. That's a horrible teaching, a horrible misrepresentation of God and faith. And as you'll see by listening to the teaching here, uh, nothing could be farther from the truth when you tell people that uh, it's their fault that things don't happen. And it was 
their lack of faith that caused it. And then I like this, these last two, I got two more for you here. Uh, faith is good, you know, in general, all religions, all faiths lead to the same place. So faith is good. So this person will come off very, uh, you know, friendly sounding, but very dangerous in what they just said, that all faiths are the same. All paths lead to the same place. No, they don't. For many of them, you can't get there from here. <laughs> you can't get there because there's only one way. Another podcast, another day. But this last one, uh, kind of a common one you'll hear now when you, if you really listen to people. Faith is trusting that the universe has your back. Think about that. Faith is trusting that the universe as your back. Now, this is completely decoupled with any kind of biblical language or description of God. We just have the generic universe watching out for you. Well, you need to watch out for that thought, that philosophy, because it is, uh, again, an error, a heresy, and something that would get you into trouble if you just want to be so casual and freewheeling with your faith. No, the universe doesn't have your back. In fact, if you wanted to go that route, that's a whole different podcast on how the universe does not have your back. Look around. But anyways, let's get to what we do want to discuss as the biblical um, definition. We want to know what the Bible says, not what the average person on the street says. So I'd like you... Um, in the midst of this modern hurricane of information, you know, you go, you turn something on, you look at your phone. Uh, it's, I call it the modern hurricane of information. Um, in the midst of all that, how do you find the right answers? So we said we want to know what the Bible says. So what I say is let's turn to the Bible. If we want to know what the Bible says, let's go to the Bible. You know, not opinions, not man's opinion, not even your opinion. What does the Bible say? And as a starting point, I'd like to draw your attention to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and verse 6. So Hebrews 11, verse 6, and it says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I'll read it one more time. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So right off the bat, first statement, faith is a requirement for anyone, male, female, young, old, faith is a requirement for anyone who wants to have a relationship with God and to please him. You get all kinds of philosophies out there, all kinds of statements, but this verse, this verse in the Bible is saying that without faith, you can't please God. So these people who think that, you know, it's not about faith, it's about works, you know, I'll just do all these great things and then God will let me in because he sees what a great person I am and all the great things I did. Um, nope, that's not the basis of it. It says faith 
without faith. Um, if you desire God, if you have stirrings in you, you want to know God, that's not of your, <laughs> that's not something that's just happening on your own. God stirs hearts. What he's leading you to, he wants you to get to is the place of faith. And Ephesians tells us that faith is a gift. And this first statement is that faith is the minimum requirement for anyone that wants to have a relationship with God. This verse makes it very clear. It's impossible. That word impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. So make this note. This, this note is that faith is the essential for anyone who wants to please God. So what does Hebrews 11 say that faith is? According to Hebrews 11, the first component of biblical faith is believing that he is, that God exists. Look at that again, where it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now it goes into its definition for he who comes to God what must they do? They must believe that he is. So the very first essential is that we need to believe that he is, that he exists. You know, you get atheists out there, there is no God. You get agnostics and say, I'm not sure. You get a lot of people saying there is a God. Well, that's the very first step. Faith believes that God exists. You know, the people who say that God doesn't exist, they're just wrong. And if they don't change that during their lifetime, they'll find out afterwards. If they are, have any hope of changing during their lifetime, they're going to need to look at some facts and evidence. There is evidence of God, and the main evidence of God is his word. He has spoken, and he has revealed himself to mankind. Uh, there are other evidences, but the most important evidence is God's word. He has spoken it. He has said, I am that I am. And believing that he is, that is essential. Hebrews 11 says that faith in God, believing that he exists, is the first component. So biblical faith is the belief that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob really does, in fact, exist. I just mentioned in Exodus 3, there's the famous scene of God calling Moses to the burning bush. He gives a, a visual display that catches Moses's eye. And could you imagine just being out in the darkness, the wilderness, and then you see this burning light? Um, you know, even during the day when there's no fires around, you look and you see this this bush, it's not being consumed. Uh, it's burning, but it's not, you know, usually a fire flares up and then as it burns and consumes it, the fire dies down and goes away. That wasn't the case. And so it draws his attention. He goes to the burning bush and there a voice speaks to him. And this is the main evidence of God. It's his voice in the earth. You look at Hebrews chapter one, God has spoken in many ways. And he spoke to Moses and said, I am that I am. When, when he was asked by Moses, who should I say sent me? What's your, what's your name? God says, I am who I am. See, I exist. Yahweh, I exist. I am. That's the answer. 
Go tell them that their God exists, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has not forgotten them. I am, I exist, and I am with you, and I have seen their suffering, and I am sending you to deliver them, to bring my people out. And we know from reading the Old Testament, God showed up. You know, people want to say God doesn't exist, the, the Bible's not true. You are in error, my friend. Um, and here we have God speaking to Moses, and Moses wrote these first five books of the Bible, and he wrote the book of Exodus, and he said he stood there. So either Moses is a horrible liar, or you need to re-examine your bias of saying that the Bible is not true. For those of you who do accept the Bible as true, look at the fact that God reveals himself, says, I am that I am, and Moses' response of faith is to believe that God is. That's what Hebrew says. The first step of belief is biblical faith believes the word of God. When he says, I am that I am, biblical faith believes that. When God says he is alive, biblical faith believes that. The God of Adam exists. The God of Abraham exists. The God of Moses exists. The God of Rahab exists. You name the individual and the book, and that God, Yahweh, exists. He's the God of the book of Genesis all the way through to the book of Revelation. He's the God of Psalms. That God exists. And biblical faith, the first sign, the first step of biblical faith is to say, yes, I believe that he is. But that's not, that's not complete. That faith is not complete that just believes that God is. The second part of that verse describes the fact that God is a rewarder of those who seek him, and that it's essential for us to believe not only that he exists, but that he is a rewarder. You see, this speaks to God's nature. You could believe that God is, but think that he's an evil God or a judgmental God or a policeman God. But the second part of this verse is key. It says that you must believe that God is a rewarder of those individuals who seek him. You know, when you run out and you need a definition of faith to put in your back pocket or your front pocket, just take this verse out of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. That's the first step, believe that he is. Now, go on, go to maturing, starting to mature, starting to move forward in faith, believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. God exists, and he rewards individuals. So my question is, did God reward Abraham in the Old Testament when he spoke to Abraham and wanted him to leave his land and go into the land of promise? Did he reward Abraham? Well, yes, he did. He rewarded him in many ways. Um, that son Isaac was a great blessing. The promise that he would be the father of nations, um, which ends up being true of both the Jews and the Gentiles. Abraham was a blessed man because God spoke to him and God rewarded his faith. Now, King David, did God reward his faith? Remember when he was running around for years and years being chased, but expressing his faith? He wrote most of the Psalms during that time of being chased around. 
by King Saul, he had faith. Was that faith rewarded? Well, yes, it was. He was um, raised up as the king that God said he would be, and he was given many blessings. And yes, he had failings, but he lived in God's blessings. And that's why God said, he's a man after my own heart. He struggles. He's real. He writes. He sings. He, he um, cries. He's a real man, and I'm his real God. Same for Peter and Paul in the New Testament. Were they blessed? Peter was blessed with the revelation of who the Messiah was. He was blessed to be one of the key leaders in the early church. He was blessed with um, a trip to heaven as he died. You know, Paul, um, going from a blind murderer, uh, you know, a criminal in the eyes of uh, heaven, but he said, I was the chief among sinners, and God blessed me with forgiveness. And God blessed me with his grace, and God blessed me with his call, and God blessed me with the responsibility of taking his message to the Gentile world. These men were rewarded. Now, were they given their full reward? No. You'll see at the end of Hebrews 11 that none of those people got the full reward, but it's coming. It is coming for every believer. God has rewarded and God will reward all individuals who pursue him via faith. That is something that you need to meditate on. I didn't want to throw 50 scriptures at you today. I wanted to give you one scripture, main scripture. There'll be others here, but the one main scripture, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it's impossible to please God without faith. So get faith. So have faith. And what is faith? Well, you got to believe. The one who comes to him must believe that he is. Do you believe that God is? If you don't, if you're struggling, pray, cry out to God to give you faith. And Ephesians chapter 2 says that faith is a gift. It comes to us via God's grace. Faith itself is a gift. So ask God for that gift of faith. And then as that faith begins to flicker and grow, Know this, that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. When you read your Bible, look at the individuals that followed him and see if they were rewarded. Rahab, I mentioned her name earlier. She was the prostitute in the city that Joshua and the tribe, uh, the tribes of Israel came against, Jericho. And she was good to the spies and they made a promise to her. They said, hey, if you hang this thing out the window here, if you remain in your home, we will come and rescue you. You will not be harmed. And think about that reward. She was rewarded with her life for her and her family. She was rewarded with coming in and being made part of the people of God. And she ended up being in the lineage of the Messiah. Think about those rewards. People would say, you know, it's not worth it to follow God. What are these people smoking? And nowadays they're smoking a lot. Most people's problem is they don't read the Bible. They don't know what they're talking about. So many people I talk to, they're, they're pontificating on this point and that point, And I ask them where, what that's based on. I ask them to show it to me in the scriptures. They can't because they haven't even read it. They're just regurgitating something they heard from this person or that person or this program or that podcast. I tell you, don't believe me. Open the scriptures and see if Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that you 
cannot please God without faith. See if it says you need to believe that he is. Open the scriptures and see that Hebrews eleven six says that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, there, for today's teaching to be complete, there's a third essential that I want to throw out. And it's, you're not going to see it right there in Hebrews, but you will see it in the book of 1 John. Because we're talking about biblical faith. And yes, Hebrews points us to belief that God is, and it also says that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. But I don't want you to run off without getting the object of faith, biblical faith. Object of biblical faith should be, should lead you to God and lead you to what God wants for you. And I'll tell you, ultimately, what God wants for you is for you to be with him eternally. But for in order for that to happen, you have to go his way. You have to do what he says. And 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 through 13, complete the faith picture for us today. Listen to what these verses say. 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 through 13. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made God a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this testimony, the testimony is this that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. The one who has the Son has the life. The one who does not have the Son, the Son of God, does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So yes, I'm going to say to you that God's goal for your faith and the gift he wants to give you is eternal life. But the Bible will tell you very plainly that that eternal life is impossible, not available, unless you receive it in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I did a podcast, uh, a few podcasts before on man's greatest problem, which is sin. If you're still in your sin, you need to listen to that podcast because you can't solve that problem any other way than with God's solution, which is his son, Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, and his shedding of blood to remove your sins. So if you do not know Jesus Christ, if you are not a follower of God right now, if you're uncertain, but you've been searching, the answers are there in the Word of God, in the person of Jesus Christ, and in God the Father who loves you tremendously, loves you beyond what you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe would have life. Jesus said he came to give us life. The enemy 
comes to rob, to steal, and destroy, but Jesus has come to bring us life. So again, don't just believe me. Look these scriptures up. Look at what it says in Hebrews. Go to the, the book of 1 John. Go to the gospel of John. Go to all the gospels. Start reading and believing, but don't go blindly. Understand that God has a direction for you. God has a goal, and that goal is eternal life with him. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3, he said, and this is eternal life, that they might know you. He's praying and talking to the Father. This is eternal life, that they might know you and Jesus Christ, your son. Eternal life is found only in God, only in Jesus Christ, because he is God. So biblical faith believes that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only path to eternal life. Any other faith is incomplete. There's people that have read the Bibles all their life and they don't know God. There are people that have actually, they know the scriptures. But Jesus said, you search the scriptures thinking that in them you have life. But they testify of me. You see, we need him. He is the one. Biblical faith believes in the Father and the Son. Biblical faith believes the gospel and the truths of the Bible. Biblical faith leads to the great reward of eternal life with God, with his Son, with the Holy Spirit, and with all of the believers who've gone on before us. In Hebrews chapter 12, they talk about the great cloud of witnesses that are waiting, that are there that we should run our race with our eyes fixed on Jesus because there's this cloud of witness around us. And there's currently a group of believers here on the earth right now. The goal of biblical faith is that you may know that you have eternal life in and through Jesus Christ. Biblical faith is rewarded with the promise of God, which is that eternal life in him. Now, lastly, here's a few more verses for you to think about, because from Genesis to Revelation, it is biblical faith that distinguishes the godly individual. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, it says, the righteous shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 38 says, my righteous one shall live by faith. And as we've seen in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if you are of the faith already, continue to grow in the faith. If you are not, have not been a follower of Jesus Christ to this point, have not been one to trust in the, in the God of the Bible, Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, repent, change your thinking, focus in on what he is saying to you, because it is the path to life. A closing definition, uh, just if you were to look up faith, it says complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Just a generic uh, definition of faith. But think about it. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. You and I need to have complete trust and confidence in Jesus Christ, in God the Father, in the Word of God. And when you have that, you will, as Hebrews eleven six says, you will believe that he is, and you will learn, you will know that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. 
So that's it for today's show. I encourage you and I pray that your faith would be increased, that you would grow in your knowledge of God as a rewarder and as a lover of your soul, and that you would exceed and abound in him. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join us next time when we'll be discussing faith and the promises of God. Faith and the promises of God. This is your host, Bob Ray, wishing you the best of God's wisdom and the deeper discovery of his love for you. Have a blessed day.